Welcome to Common Ground Carson. This is another midweek podcast given by Derek Carpenter. We're going to be looking at Jonah chapter 2 today. I wanted to ask you as we began, I want you to think about it. How do you handle the storms in your life? And let's be honest, a lot of the storms that we go through, a lot of the hard times are our own fault. We cause them. Uh, whether it's sin, whether it's rebellion, whether it's uh, a lack of knowledge, whether it be finances or those things, a lot of our issues we have created. But how do we handle those? And of course, there's many situations that, that we don't create. You know, a sickness in the family. Maybe somebody has cancer, an, an early death. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that happen in life that are very difficult. Uh, the world we live in is hard. Let's admit it. But what do we do when we go through those hard times? When life seems impossible. Well, when, when you're at your end. And let's... Let's admit it, we've all been there at some point. We've all been at the end of ourselves. What do you do when you're at the end of yourself? Do you get mad at God? Do you blame God? Or do you turn to God? That's what we're going to look at today as we see Jonah. Jonah was a man in rebellion against God. Jonah had a mission. God said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, an evil city. The enemies of Israel, but Jonah was was called to go there and preach a message of repentance to them. And, And Jonah said no. Jonah rebelled against God and went his own way. And let's be honest, there is a message there for us. We all at some point have been in rebellion, and maybe we're in rebellion right now. Maybe you are in rebellion, and you don't want to turn to God. You don't want to believe in God. You don't want to follow the one true God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died for your sins. He gave His life for you to save you. And as we repent and turn and follow Him, He'll take over our life. And it's a beautiful way to live. But maybe you're running from that. You still want to be in control. Or maybe you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord, but you're running from His will for you. You're still pursuing the things of this world. You know, in in 1 John, John writes that the things of this world, the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life are not from the Father, but from the world. But the world is passing away, and also it's lusts. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. And so we can get stuck into this world and rebel and chase after the things of the world. And and John, listen there, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. Are we pursuing those things and running away from God? If so, God is going to pursue you and he may be pursuing you right now the way he pursued Jonah. Now, Jonah ran. Jonah ran. Jonah would rather die than be obedient to God. And eventually, he's out on the ship. The storm is bearing down on them. The the ship is going to break apart. The sailors are afraid for their lives. And Jonah does not repent. Jonah continues in his rebellion. And he tells the sailors to throw him over. And that's what they do. They throw him over. And as he's sinking to his death, we see a prayer that he prays. And I believe this is a prayer mostly that came before he was swallowed by the fish. So let's look at Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. It says this, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish. So he's in the fish, and he's praying. says this, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. So here Jonah is referring to before he was swallowed. I called out previous, past tense. I called out to the Lord, that is Yahweh, out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, 
and you heard my voice. Sheol is the place of the dead. Basically, Jonah is sharing he was sinking, he was getting to the bottom of the sea, and he was, he was going to die. He felt he was in the belly of Sheol. He, he, he had taken one last breath, and that was it. Verse 3, he says, For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. Right here we see Jonah begin to turn. He says, I will look again upon your holy temple. The Israelites, this is the way they would pray. They would pray toward the temple. If they were not in Jerusalem or wherever they happened to be, they would face the direction of the temple, facing God. The temple was a representative of God's direct presence among Israel. And so Jonah here says, I will look upon your temple. I will turn to you. Verse 5, he says, The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. At the roots of the mountains I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. I mean, look at this description. I don't know if you've ever been drowning before, felt like you were drowning. It's a miserable place to be. Uh, I've experienced it out in the California waters when, when first trying to learn how to boogie board and waves came way larger than I expected. I remember tumbling underneath and thinking I'd be able to stand up and take a breath, but yet being hit again from another wave and tumbling. Well, that's kind of the idea Jonah is giving is, is he's about to die. In verse 7, he says, When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Again, he refers to the temple. So finally, finally, Jonah turns to God. Jonah runs from God. He's running from God's will for him. He's being disobedient. What he had said in, verse, in, in chapter 1 was that he was trying to flee the presence of the Lord, which is ridiculous. Because even Jonah admitted to the sailors that his God is the one who created the seas. He created everything and he's trying to run from him. But here finally he stops running. And he turns in his distress in the bottom of the sea. It's as if he, he changes his mind. He says, I, never mind, I don't want to die. Please save me. I don't want to die. And so God sent the fish. God appointed a fish to swallow up Jonah. And so now Jonah is in the belly of this fish, having just been saved from drowning. This miraculous event of a fish swallowing it, and somehow he's alive in the fish. I mean, even that is miraculous. How does he breathe? What's going on there? God has it. But again, as we discussed our first week in Jonah, if we believe that Jesus could rise from the dead and give us life, then a fish swallowing a person is really not that much of a stretch, not a big deal. But so here he is, he's, he's in the belly of the fish. And in verse 8, he says, Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. This is called repentance. Jonah here is in the belly of the fish. This is the lowest of the low. I'm not sure you've ever been in a situation this miserable. I, I know I have not. But it that's what it took. That's what it took for Jonah to turn to God, and he does. And finally, the last verse in chapter 2 is verse 10. It says, And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah up upon dry land. 
So this fish spits him up, pukes him up onto dry land. And that's where we're going to pick it up this next week is Jonah on dry land. But get a picture of what is happening. Here is a good example of how we should turn to God in our distress. Now we're going to look on and Jonah's repentance uh, is a little bit fishy. He obviously doesn't unite with the heart of God. He doesn't want what God wants. So there's a big lack here. There's there's a, a shortfall in Jonah's devotion to God. But there is a picture of repentance. And I think that's what we can learn from. Is what do we do when we are in the lowest of the Lord? When the storm is coming over? When finances, we, we can't handle it. We have more bills than we have money to pay the bills. We're trying to get work, but we just can't do it. Or our kids are in trouble. Our kids are chasing after the wrong things. And in all our effort, we want to help them, but they won't listen to us. We can't save them. What is it in your life that you just feel in despair? Maybe it's even your own sin. There's sin you just can't get a hold of. You, you feel like you're a slave to it, but yet you know you're free. As a Christian, you're free from it, but yet you can't seem to get away. And you're in this storm. You're, you're, you're worn out. Maybe it's your marriage. And you just can't seem to get a handle on it. You're miserable. But yet you know that's not what God has for you. What do you do in the storm? Let me tell you, do what Jonah did. Repent. Turn. The word repent means to agree with God. It means to turn and agree with God. So there's, there's a knowledge aspect of this, and then there's an action aspect of repentance. It's seeing what God would have you do and agreeing with Him that it's the best way. And a lot of times it starts there, doesn't it? We often don't agree that God's way is best. I mean, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, a place full of evil people, and ask them to repent. Well, Jonah didn't like that idea. He didn't think that was the best way to go. And, and here's just a little tip. If you agree with God... Or if you, I'm sorry, if you disagree with God, I would highly recommend changing your mind and agreeing with God. He's right. He created everything. And so repentance begins with agreeing with God and then turning and going His direction. So if you are in a storm, stop fighting. Stop running. I beg you, stop running from God. See it God's way and then turn. Let Him be in control. Let Him lead. Repent and follow. If you have never given your life to Jesus, that's where it begins. It begins with life. It begins with believing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, rose from the dead, and now you, by faith, trust Him with your life. Believe what He did and let Him be Lord, and you will be saved. That's the beginning. But then, it takes a daily walking for us to recognize what God has for us Repent, turn from our own way, turn from chasing the world, and go in step with Him. And you know what? It doesn't mean that all the storms will just go away. I believe God gives us storms in our life and situations so that He can help us walk in faith. He can put us on His path and use us for His glory. That's why the Bible says that to consider, uh, to consider it joy when you encounter various trials. Because those trials are going to produce in you the endurance you need, the faith you need. And as you go through trials, then you can use what you've learned to help others. But if we keep our eye on God and turn to Him, as as Jonah did, he turned to Him in worship. Turn to Him, face Him, go to prayer, go to the Word, and 
give your time to God and then trust Him with it and go His way, then, then we can enter life, we can go life with Him in control as His purpose. I just want to end it with this. If you're running from God, stop. Stop running. He loves you. He's done everything needed to draw you to Him. Jesus gave His life for you. And He has a great plan for you. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. We, we talked about it at the camp out too. There's, God has a plan for you. He made you special. All of us are made in the image of God, but then all of us are uniquely made. And I believe all of us are uniquely given works to do that He prepared beforehand for us to walk in them. But we can choose to walk in them and experience the joy and the purpose that comes from that, or we can rebel and experience what comes with that. So let me encourage you, turn and follow God. Lord Jesus Christ, I just pray. I pray right now. I thank you for the book of Jonah. I thank you for giving us a picture of somebody that we can unfortunately see ourselves in a lot. I see myself in Jonah running from what you would have me do. And I don't want to go so far that you have to send a fish to swallow me. I want to go your way. And I want all of us, all those at Common Ground and those listening to this, to see what is it that you have for us to do. What is your grand vision and mission? And we would join you in that. Seeking you in in both love and in obedience. Obedience out of love. That you would use us. Forgive us for our sin. Forgive us for our rebellion. In Jesus' name, amen.